Welcome to the Purposely Driven Podcast. Each one of us has a part to play in this world. Our strengths and our gifts make our communities a little bit sweeter. Join me, LaToya Guillory, as I interview community leaders, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, and more. Find out what drives them to get up in the morning and fulfill the purpose God has for them. Brent P. Broussard is the Chief Executive Officer of the Broussard Enterprise Group, LLC. A Lafayette native who has also spent time in Baton Rouge is a graduate of Northside High School. Brent went on to study music and criminal justice at the University of Louisiana Lafayette. In the past decade, Brent has worked in various roles in the sales industry before deciding to begin a journey as a budding entrepreneur. In 2021, while attending the Accelerate Northside program given by the UL Lead Center and Lafayette Economic Development Authority, Brent went on to found the Broussard Enterprise Group, LLC. The Broussard Enterprise Group, LLC is a small business development and management firm that manages two entities that fall under the umbrella of the company. One of those entities, Youth Leadership Initiative, an upcoming nonprofit organization that will be working with youth aged 10 to 18 to help foster life skills such as job readiness and placement, resume building, interviewing skills and etiquette, as well as mentoring and preparing the youth for post-secondary education through community college and or a traditional four-year university. Youth Leadership Initiative will also provide graduating seniors a scholarship slash stipend to assist with the rising cost of higher education. The other entity under the umbrella is Beads by Brentley, a custom and handmade beaded gemstone jewelry design brand that can be found in retail store Earth Found inside the Northgate Mall. The Broussard Enterprise Group, LLC, has also assisted several local entrepreneurs within the Lafayette community to help get their startup businesses, get necessary resources such as funding opportunities and programs like Accelerate Northside. In addition to the entrepreneurial journey, Brent is also an active member in the Lafayette community. Brent is currently a member of Leadership Lafayette Class 36. Brent is a volunteer instructor for Legacy Institute of Economic Attainment, a local nonprofit organization founded by Corey Jack. Brent is also a volunteer for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Acadiana and a member of the local chapter of 100 Black Men of Greater Lafayette, Inc. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of my Purposely Driven Podcast. I'm Latoya Guillory here with the one and only Brent P. Broussard right here out of Acadiana. How you doing, Brent? I'm feeling good, Latoya. How you doing today? I am feeling good. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I'm interested to get to know you. I know we went to school together some yeah. years yeah. back. Okay. Oh, so yeah, years I think back, more than right? a few, but... more than a few. <laughs> almost 20. It's almost 20. We get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. But I didn't I didn't know you in school. Like I saw you, like I knew yeah. like some of the, the people that you hung with. I didn't even know them that well, but I remember seeing you. Uh, and whatnot, uh, you and one of my good friends were in band. Yeah. Uh, she, was, she was in color guard. 
Mm-hmm. And, and Todd and all of them. And yeah. But I never got a chance to get to know you. So I'm glad you, you decided to come on the, the podcast so that I can get to know who you are and we can let Acadiana know who you are and how to support yeah. you and all of these things. So why don't you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Well, um, you know, first, like Latoya said, my name is Brett P. Broussard. Uh, I am currently the CEO and founder of the Broussard Enterprise Group, which is a small business development and management firm, not just for two other entities that fall under that LLC that I also own, but also for other small business owners and entrepreneurs that are looking for, you know, some guidance and some mentorship along the you know, on the same journey that I'm on, you know, and have been on for the last two years. Um, but the other two entities that fall under the umbrella of the uh, Bruce Art Enterprise Group, uh, one of them is my nonprofit organization, Youth Leadership Initiative, which is going to be working with several youths in, you know, the Lafayette uh, community, uh, ages 10 to 18, basically teaching them life skills, giving them all the tools necessary, like, um, connecting them with people that that are going to, you know, help me teach them financial literacy, mental health awareness, you know, things of that nature, as well as um, interview skills and how to properly dress for an interview, resume building, and, you know, figuring out what path they want to go on in life. And, you know, also pairing them with a professional mentor that can also be of, you know, some kind of guidance to help them along whatever path they want to get into and whatever pro, uh, profession that they're looking to get into. Um, so yeah, that's one of the main things that I'm really working on, but I also do own a handmade beaded jewelry design company called Beads by Brentley, uh, which I also started in 2021, right around the same time that the Bruce Art Enterprise Group was founded. So what, that's so interesting. What made you get into making jewelry and beads like that? Um. The way that it happened, it was really when um, one day I was in a therapy session with with my therapist and I have this problem with being patient uh, most times, especially if I'm extremely upset about a situation. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, talking to me about finding ways to be more patient when I get in those situations. But also as I'm going along this entrepreneurial journey, to be patient with the process and not, you know, overthink it or just start thinking, well, you know, it's not going the way that I think, you know, I need to do this, 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 and this. So I was sitting in the session with them and he was wearing these tiger eye bracelets and it, it just like kept catching my eye every time I would look at them. So I asked him about it and I said, hey, doc, where did you get those bracelets from? Well, my therapist is actually from the West Coast of Africa. Uh-huh. And he wears them pretty much every day. So we started talking about it. And then he came up with this idea of me making my own as a challenge and a tool to teach me patience. And my first question was, okay, you want me to do this, but where am I going to find all this stuff at to make them? And he was like, that's part of it. You need to find it on your own. I'm not going to tell you where to get it. Go out, find it, and figure out a way to do it. And in two weeks, when you come back, I want you to have one for yourself. And I need you to bring me one. I love it. You know, I left the session still, like, kind of discombobulated. Like, how the hell am I going to put this together and do this? (laughs) So 
I'm going through my phone and I'm like, well, okay, let me go to Michael's and Hobby Lobby and see what they have. Went to Hobby Lobby first, found like the string, a pair of scissors, and some wood beads. So I was like, okay, if I do this, I'm going to start with wood beads first. But then I went to Michael's and I said, well, let me see if there's anything that looked like what Doc had on. And I actually found the tiger eye beads that he had. So I was like, all right, let me get a couple strands of this too, just so I can kind of get started with it. Went home that night, started making it. Literally failed like five times because the string kept popping. And I'm like, nah, this ain't working. And at the, you know, the same time, I'm getting frustrated because I'm like, okay, you told me to do this and this ain't working for me. How? So I put it away the next night and I tried it again. And I actually put one together with the wood beads first. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see how this is going to work now. Still kind of struggled to figure out how to tie the ends and, you know, make it stay so it don't fall apart or anything like that. And it just slowly manifested day by day yeah. until I said, well, let me try it with these tiger eye beads. Started with that and it slowly kind of manifested itself into what it is now. But also one thing that, that I did was I started researching what the tiger eye beads meant. Mm -hmm. And tiger eye beads are really good for prosperity good luck and you know things of that nature then i started researching other gemstones that had different meanings and i found some that were good for anxiety depression and you know all of that so i was yeah. like well i can possibly use these not just for myself but i can turn this into something that somebody else might need yeah and that's when it slowly became a business and i started handing them out to people like hey check you know check out what i'm doing and it is two years later and now i'm in one retail location in Margate mall um in a store called called lone wolf gatherings mm. and i'm currently working on the second location oh wow that i'm i'm gonna announce in a couple of days oh okay that's awesome. First of all, I love the fact that you mentioned going to therapy and getting this all figured out in therapy. Yes. I'm a big proponent of therapy. I believe that we need therapists. I am as a counselor myself, like I get I have a therapist. Yeah. And I and I I focus on, on marriage and individual. So we both have like a marriage counselor. We both have our individual counselors and whatnot. I think therapy yeah. is so, 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 so important because it gives you a sense of self-awareness, like somebody looking unbiasedly at your situation and helping you navigate the right now. And I love how right, your counselor right. or your therapist said, this is going to help you with patience. But in, in that, you're, you, you're also learning to trust the process. Yes, which is also teaching me to trust the process along the journey <laughs> that I'm on. Because now, since I've been making the bracelets, I actually feel a lot calmer in situations. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, getting as frustrated as I used to. Yeah. It, it, it really does help me. And it's also a stressful reliever, too. And it's cool that you found some that, like, touch on anxiety and, you know, yeah. all of the other things, too. It's, I didn't even think about it. like I've seen people making them, but I don't I don't really wear bracelets a lot because you know, I do too much with my hands and like <laughs> it aggravates right. me too much. I got a drawer full of bracelets in my jewelry box and I don't wear any of them. 
right right but I appreciate what what you're doing with those and that can still tie into your youth initiative right because yes it can still tie into that just even the process for you that's a life skill that you can teach these kids also yeah you know that's awesome that's awesome so you've got bees by Brentley you've got the youth leadership initiative right yes all under the umbrella of um the firm but you do more than that right yeah i'm I'm pretty much involved in a lot of other things because i do have some community work as well outside of my own initiatives uh like currently as as you know i'm in the current class of leadership last year 36 or as we you know, call ourselves the mid-36, you know, the best class ever, (laughs) you know. I know Kevin has said it, you know, a bunch of times last year when 35 called themselves that, but, you know, know, it's tradition that happened. (laughs) But um, also with that, I'm also a member of the 100 Black Men of Greater Lafayette Incorporated. Um, For those that are listening, the 100 Black Men is a national organization that focuses on four pillars of mentoring, economic development, education, and health and wellness, with the biggest piece of it being mentoring youth. Um, Just this past weekend, we had an event with our Choices Program, where we mentor 35 youths that are in the juvenile drug court in Lafayette. Mm. And we played some games and some different activities with them, not only to, you know, be of service to them, but also to get them to think differently and to make yeah. better choices in life so that they can do better. Yeah. You know, because you know, most of the kids that we work with in, in the choices program, they literally were either suspended or expelled from school behind various drug offenses. And even I think maybe five or six of them came Saturday with ankle monitors on because they they're on either house arrest or, you know, some something else, with, you know, within the court system. So it's to, you know, challenge them to think in a different way yeah. and actually, you know, try to mold them to be better, you know, better young men and women. I like that. I like that it's called choices because you literally do. You have a choice. Like you can go up, you yeah. go down, you go left, you go right. But it's ultimately up to you. You can't blame nobody else for your decisions but yourself. And the fact that you're giving them another opportunity to get it right right right, right. i mean like, you know like, like my father used to tell me when i when i was growing up and getting into all kinds of trouble at school you know he would always tell me every time that the choices you make today will be the consequences you face tomorrow mm. and even now at 41 i'm giving it right back to these to these young people that i'm working yeah. with to to let them know hey you made this wrong choice to bring that vape pen to school or, you know, get caught with a bag of, of, you know, illicit substances, but you can actually do something better. So let's figure out how we can do better. Yeah. I love that. I, I say that a lot, that I love that. I love a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but, but organizations like that, like I, um, and thankful so much for organizations like that. When I was in uh, high school, I had just moved. I 
so I'm a military rat, so I've kind of been all over the place, but uh, I came to Louisiana from San Antonio. But when I came to San Antonio, or when I came from San Antonio, I was 16. And so I had done a lot of my life in San Antonio. Right. And when we moved to Louisiana, I was in my last year and a half of high school. And so I was stable for a long time and then kind of like abruptly moved to another state, <clears throat> having um, having been stable for over 10 years. When you're a military vet, like that's a big deal, right? And then just to be moved kind of thing was a big deal also. And so whenever we moved, it was like, like I was doing all kind of everything, okay? I was a hot mess. And there in, high, in the high school that I was in, there was an organization or a group, a community group or whatever called Teen, um, teen Outreach. Okay. And now I was too old for it, but I looked very young. I didn't look like I was in 11th grade. And so my teacher allowed me to be in this group. And I'm so thankful that she did because that is what changed my life. And so when you have organizations like 100 Black Men, you know, pouring into these kids that have been in juvenile justice, that have been in, you know, about to be taken out of their home, most of them, you know, or placed in jail or whatever, and you give them a choice and allow them to see another way, it makes a huge difference in their life. I'll forever be thankful for that program because my life could have been totally different than what it is now. Yeah, because, you know, definitely one thing that, that I enjoyed Saturday was I had the opportunity to talk to one of the young men. Yeah. You know, he's a 17-year-old kid, got in trouble for, you know, having some illicit substances in his pocket at school, got suspended twice, um, ended up going to the alternative school, got expelled from that because he, once again, went to school with mm -hmm. things in his pocket and he got arrested. You know, of course, being that he's 17 in the state of Louisiana, you're considered yeah. an adult. Yeah. So he didn't go to juvenile. He went to LPCC on, on mm. the fifth floor, mm. stayed there for three days. They, you know, let him out. Uh, Judge Bro, who handles the juvenile drug court, pulled him into the into her her court and he got linked up with, with the 100. Yeah. So when I, you know, when I, when I was talking to him, I was just, you know, listening to his story and, you know, how he got into, you know, the trouble that he got into. And I just had to step in and start relating my own story from some of the things that I could have gotten into when I was that age, knowing the people that I knew that were into, you know, some of that stuff. But, you know, I had people that easily pulled me out of that and was like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. You know who your family is that wouldn't be the, the, the best thing for you to yeah. follow that. Yeah. So it was very enriching to be able to talk to him and pour into him and give him some wisdom, you know, it, especially learning that this young man never got a chance to mm -hmm. be introduced to his father, even though his four, his four older sisters had their fathers. Yeah. So he never had that positive influence in his life because his father was in and out of jail his uncles were in and out of jail and some of his older cousins were in and out of jail. So I just felt the like a need to pour into him and really 
you know, sit down and let them know, hey, look, I know you made this choice, but I can help you correct that so you don't make those choices again later on. That'll cost you 10, 20, 30, 40 years yeah. of your life. I'm so glad you were there for him. Yeah. I just can't wait to see what he does now. Like, yeah, like I'm actually waiting to see him again next month when we yeah. do it again to kind of check in with him and, you know, see if, if he's been thinking about anything that I told him. Yeah. Just your presence alone, I'm sure, means the world to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely means the world because, I mean, with all of the kids that, that we work with in the Choices Program, they enjoy what we're giving to them. Yeah. Because a lot of them do not have those positive influences in their homes, which yeah. that's why they got into some of the things they got into. Right. If you could devote your life to anything, would you say this is that thing? Um, I can truly say and actually believe this is what I was called to do. Yeah. Um, even back from when I was in school, thinking about being an educator and, you know, getting into the school system, thinking that, you know, that, that might have been the route that I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the plan that God actually had for me. So, you know, now circling back on and really picking up on, on this, not just an idea, but a vision that was given to me by God in 2012, Yeah, you know, to start the nonprofit again is really bringing it back to, okay, this is what my life's purpose really is. Yeah, It wasn't just to be here and exist doing nothing. It's to bring up this next generation that's coming up under me yeah. and really, you know, being at Big Brother, or as some of them called me Saturday, OG, which I was like, wait, y'all, why, why y'all calling me that? Like, I know I'm a little older than y'all, but ah, that's not cool just yet. So, you know, that's... Not that yet. You know, you know, so, you know, I just, I truly feel like that's what I was called to do, and I'm just listening to what he tells me and just doing yeah. what, what I need to. So being that you do all of these things, what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, a typical day for me looks like in between making various contacts to people like Corey Jack on a daily basis, um, you know, talking to, to your husband, Kevin, every now and then, but, you know, when I get a chance to talk to him, but also reaching out to people like Judge Burrow and Judge Burrow mm -hmm. Colbert and a couple other judges to see what I can do with them that might be beneficial for me, but yeah. also, you know, connecting with some of my leadership Lafayette classmates as well, because yeah. now I have a wealth of a network with, you know, plenty of people that I can call on and talk to and say, hey, what are you working on that I can probably help you? Yeah. So, you know, it's that, it's coming up with design ideas for bracelets and just a, a whole lot. Basically, teamwork yeah. makes your dream work. Look, of, of course, I'll of never course. get tired of saying it. Never, never. Like, I'm even <laughs> preaching it to the kids now, and you mm -hmm. know, they're seeing it like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's, he's telling the truth. Oh, yeah, it'll make yeah. it. We, I do that with, with KJ in here <laughs> whenever it's time to clean up his room. I got him chanting, teamwork make the dream work. I ain't picking up all these toys by myself. You can get up in here <laughs> right. and clean up your mess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So what does living with purpose mean to you? Uh, living with purpose means definitely following along 
what God is telling me to do mm-hmm. and figuring out how I'm going to put that in, into practice. Yeah. And like I say, you know, with what I'm doing, this is my purpose in life. And yeah. it's just recognizing every day that I can make an impact on a child or children, kind of like what I did today, um, you know, having out one of my, my leadership Lafayette classmates, Karen Duga, who was a literacy campus. So, you know, I was one of the volunteers, you know, helping out with that and teaching the kids you know, how to budget money and, you know, how to look at things. Um, we, you know, talked about, you know, various things as, you know, you know, along those lines, just to kind of kick the camp off, but really, pl- you know, plant the seed. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're going to be dealing with later on as you get yeah. older. So, you know, it was, it was a really good day. Yeah. It's crazy how most people, you know, younger now, don't really know about finances like that. Like they don't know the fundamentals of, I'm saying that because I've worked social services for 20 something years, right? And so I've heard every story under the sun, but it baffles me how much they don't know, how much they still need to learn uh, when it comes to finances and whatnot. Like having somebody there even just for that, is monumental because like you need finances to get your own apartment to save up for a car to you do all of the things right and the fact that we as a people never really had the ability to make the finances that we could have made had we been given the chance um it means so much more for us to be able to to understand finances so that we can prosper. Um, But I find that that's still a big lack in our community of learning those finances, even as adults, you know, learning how to finance a house, finance a car, learning how to open up your own bank account even, you know, it's some people still struggle with that. And and I get it, you know, um, but it makes me sad because there's so much more that we could do had we had the education that afforded us the ability to get the resources that we need. Yeah, and you know, I think part of that comes from not just our parents, but our grandparents yeah. really didn't have those resources themselves to even mm-hmm. teach our parents how to do it. Right. Some of them did have, you know, a little advantage in it, but not many of, of our parents and grandparents were even able to understand what financial literacy was until they got well in, you know, in their 40s and 50s. Right. So, you know, and, you know, my thing is, I, you know, I definitely credit my parents for, you know, teaching both me and my sister as early as possible about it. So that, you know, if we do make a mistake, you know, we can go back and, you know, look at it and try to correct it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. And there's so many more programs now, like, yeah. All banks have kids programs where they can start saving their own money and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. It's so yeah. Weird. And even now, like uh, Chase Bank has it to where they're teaching financial literacy workshops to mm-hmm. not just the kids, but to adults as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the different banks are doing that now. Yeah. So where do you draw your strength from? Oh, um, definitely my faith. That's the, the biggest draw for me is 
you know, having that conversation with, with God in the morning, even on the days that I may be, you know, tired or just really don't have the energy to do it. It's okay, God, what what do you want me to do today to make an impact on, yeah. on the community? And how do you want me to do it? Show me the way that you want me to do all of this. And right then and there, it's it's go time. It's yeah. time to get out there and make those phone calls and you know, make those connections with people like Carlos Harvin and Charles Edwards, who's, you know, a great mentor of mine as well. And, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of my leadership Lafayette classmates, past, you know, participants in, in the program and just, you know, talking to people as, as much as I can to see yeah. not only what, what can I do, but how can I collaborate too as well? Yeah, I love it. Now I'm going to throw a question at you because I'm not from Acadiana, but I, I've been here 20 something years. I have my own thoughts about this question, but I want to hear yours. What does Acadiana mean to you? Um, well, being that I've pretty much been in Acadiana for all of most of my life, minus the two years that I lived in Baton Rouge, um, it's more than just the, I think, nine, 12 something parishes, I don't remember right offhand, but it's, it's really a community of people that not only try to serve each other as best as possible, but it's a community of people that come together whenever it's necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if something like a hurricane happens or any kind of natural disaster, your neighbors around you are gonna help you to pick up the, the trees that have fallen over or you know, pick up the pieces of your shingles from the roof that they came mm-hmm. off or, you know, so, you know, if something else happens on your property, they're going to try to look after it best. Now, right. don't get me wrong, there are some people that do not give a damn about it. But <laughs> for the most part, the ones that do, they do try to give you that sense of everybody will come together and look out for each other. That's one of the things that I love about being here. One, it's so easy to get involved, right? Because everybody, Lafayette is about a cause, right? If you can get behind a cause, you can find a cause, you can get behind a cause. Right. Um, there's a cause for everybody. Like for whatever your interests are, there's a cause for you to get behind. Right. But then it's also like a good mix of business and family oriented, right? And so you've got so many good draws here and the food is good. <laughs> I mean, you know, we... We really have the best food in the state. Don't <laughs> let them folks in, 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 in New Orleans and around that area tell you that their food is better because it's really not unless you're outside of the French Quarter. Well, and let me say this. I lived in New Orleans for three years before I came here. That's the part of Louisiana we moved to. I can vouch for what you just said. Uh, <laughs> it's good, but it's not Lafayette good. Like it's no, because like boudin tastes different. <laughs> we, we see. I'm not even gonna go there with that. The two years that I lived in, in in Baton Rouge, I didn't like. I looked when I first moved. I was like, why is Walmart selling boudin in a package? Like I, I had questions about it. Then I was like, "This don't even look right." <laughs> like, why? What is this in here? Right. It's so different that that you can tell. Let me say it like this. I can say it like this. You can tell that the food here 
is like made with the heart of the community you yes. know yes like new orleans like it's just kind of like i don't know I, like, I don't know how to explain it nothing against new orleans you know my mom still lives there or whatever um but there's something about the food here there's there's something about it i can't put my finger on it but it's made with the heart of the community you know, it's the it's the love that people put in into you know what they're cooking and who they're cooking for. Yeah, it's the community that comes around when you cook a pot of gumbo, or right. you have a crawfish ball at your house, or you're barbecuing on a Sunday during the summertime, even though it's 185 degrees outside <laughs> and sweating, but you you know everybody's invited. Turn the air conditioner down. That's all. That's all we got to do. Uh, uh, nah, it, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's more than that. So, but, you know, typically that, that's really what it is. Yeah, I love it. All right, favorite scripture or quote? Um, First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Oh, no, I'm, I'm wrong. First uh, Corinthians 4, 11 to 13, when I thought as a child, reasoned mm -hmm. as a child, uh, and spoke as a child, mm -hmm. but once I became a man, I I changed my childish ways. Yeah, like that's that. that's been the scripture that has been, I guess, truly the foundation of everything that I've been doing the last two years. It's you know me stepping out of that comfort zone because you know I'm an introverted extrovert. Mm -hmm. I like being by myself some days, but now that I'm in this entrepreneurial journey, that extrovert has to be turned on pretty much on a daily basis, even when I don't want it to. Yeah. But but it's really become the foundation of you know who I am and you know really what I'm trying to impart on the kids that that I'm, that I'm working yeah. with. Let me say this because what I'm finding is that purposely driven people are introvert extroverts. Yes, a like, lot of us. We like to help out, figure out where the need is, yada, yada. We don't need to be in the front. We got to be in the front sometimes to figure out, you know, who needs what and what to do. But we don't need to be there kind of yes. thing. As long as we can meet the need kind of thing. That's what drives yeah. us. That's what gets us up in the morning to say, all right, I got this new initiative for the youth leadership, right? I got this new bead design that I found. I got, oh, yeah, you know, these kids right here need this type of uh, mentorship. Let me see how I can help them do this kind of thing. And that's, that's the driving force that makes us the extrovert. But typically, we fall back. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and not to cut you off, but like originally my whole thing was I just wanted to be behind the scenes, running everything, you know, have whoever's on my team out front. And then, you know, you know, with the sound too, maybe come out of the shadows. But since I'm a one-person army, I can't hide behind nobody. I, I got to be <laughs> out there and it's like, all right, cool. Let's go. And yeah. I'm, I'm out and... You know, when people see me either in my polo shirts with the logo on it or, you know, with my big brother's big sister shirt on or the 100 Black Men shirt, it's yeah. like, 
I'm representing all these different organizations. And, you know, every now and then people do stop and ask, hey, what, 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 what does that mean on your shirt? Like, what, what is the Bruce Hall Enterprise Group? And I got to give that 30 second elevator pitch to let them know, yeah. hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm coming out with in the city. Let me know if you need anything. I love it. I love it. So, Brent, where can we find you? Uh, I'm pretty much all over the city. <laughs> um, but on social media, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, I do have both my personal and the Beats by Brenda page on there. Uh, I I actually do need to finally create the Bruce Old Enterprise group pages. I haven't done that yet because I'm everywhere doing everything else and never really focused on that. Um, but you can also find me on LinkedIn, Brent B. Broussard. Uh, you know, that's pretty much the, the main places right now. Um, I'm also working on the website for the Broussard Enterprise Group. You know, that way I can have that on, on one page, you know, the nonprofit on another one and, you know, Bees by Brentley, make it a one-stop shop. Yeah. So if, if somebody had a youth that they wanted to get into your program, how would they sign them up? Oh, uh, well, that, that's one of the things that, that's going to be on the website. Um, there, um, well, specifically on the Youth Leadership Initiative page, there's going to be an application that they're going to have to put in. Mm. Um, I'm also still creating that application as we speak um, to really hone in, you know, what I'm going to be looking for as far as criteria. Like I said, the, you know, the youth does have to be between the ages of 10 and 18 Originally, I only wanted to do 12 to 18, mm. but once I got in, you know, into my work with Big Brothers Big Sisters, they matched me up with a 10-year-old, mm -hmm. and I said, wait, I can't leave these 10 and 11-year-olds out. They still need mentoring as well, Yeah. so I added, you know, those in, into it, so once I get everything up, there's going to be an application, you know, for kids to sign up, of course. Um, you know, the parents can get to me on any one of the pages to reach out and, you know, um, tell me what the, you know, what their child needs. And I can meet up with the parents to discuss, you know, certain things and, you know, see where it can go from there. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for doing what you do. I'm just trying to do what, what the Lord told me to do. Well, thank you for saying yes, you know, because... We can, we do have a choice to say <laughs> yes or no. We do have, yeah. he has given us free will, but. Yes, and as many times <laughs> as I tried to run from it, like he, he came back in 2020 when he said, uh, you remember that vision I gave you? It's time to put that to action, sir. Let, let's go. Don't you love when he does that? I know that when I'm kicking and screaming, I ain't doing that. That means he gonna be like, yeah, you are. And this is what yeah. you're doing. This is what you're doing. Because, like, even in 2017, right before my dad passed away, we had a conversation about me doing the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And then, then I, you know, I told him, I'm like, what's the point of me even doing it? Like, who's going to want to, you know, join in? And, like, how am I really going to do it now? And one of the last things he told me was, you'll see when the time is right. God is going to come to you at some point. It could be in a dream. Mm -hmm. It could be just you praying to him one day. Or he just going to knock on your head and say, hey, I told you to do this. Let's go. Like, right. What you waiting on? 
And that's literally what happened in 2021. <laughs> like, but look at how much provision he's given you since then. Like it's two years later and now you're part of 100 Black Men of Acadiana and Big Brothers, Big Sisters, like all of these different things. Like he just kind of yes. paved the way for you. He gave you his provision right out the gate. And none of this would be even here without me looking at the application for Accelerate Northside. And I was like, okay, God, if you want me to get into this program, help me get in here. And I can trace everything that I've done in the last two years back to that. And I can credit Kevin and Jonathan and Dr. Stewart with a lot of the, the success that, that has happened. You know, because coming out of that program, it, that's where I met Corey Jack. And yeah. really got reintroduced to Charles Edwards. I had known of him before, but never really spent any time with him. And, you know, that's when I really learned about what his company was and what he was doing with it. Yeah. And, that you know, that's when I'm like, hey, this is somebody I need to get, you know, tuned into. Yeah. Yeah, and even with Corey Jack having that initial meeting with him mm -hmm. and just pitching my idea about the nonprofit to him, and he was like, "Well, I'm doing something similar, so let's figure out a way for us to collaborate." Yeah, and you know, I'll help you get get all the paperwork, your five hundred one c three status, everything you need for that, and we can work together. And I can't lie, it's been a very fruitful relationship because. I've gone from being just a volunteer with the Legacy uh, Institute for Economic Attainment to now I'm a part-time instructor for for the nonprofit. That's amazing. Yeah. Look at that. Just yeah. from saying yes. Everything just from saying yes, all of this has come about. I mean, even getting recognized by one of Katie Anna, the you know, Chamber of Commerce here in 2022, and you know being spotlight, you know, by other people. And yeah. you know, now my name is really starting to get around town. And, you know, when I see people or even like Friday um, during uh, during class, um, I think it was right before we ended the day, Carly Omnibar mm. was uh, one of our guest speakers. And, yeah. you know, I went up to her afterwards and she was like, hey, I've heard some good things about you. We need to find some time to, to meet. and." You know, let's see where I can help you. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll be in touch. I love it. I love yeah. it. There's no place like Acadiana. There's, There's no, no place like. <laughs> I love that you could just walk in. We we just had the women's expo not too long ago, last weekend or week before last. And she walked in there, and she was like, "Look at all the movers and shakers in here. I missed the party." <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, there are a lot of movers and shakers in Lafayette. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you fall into the right room, you yeah. might need one. Because one of the things that Charles told me when we had a sit-down conversation was you're normally one handshake away from somebody somebody that's made $100,000. Yeah. But you're seven handshakes away from a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And, of course, at this point, Charles is a millionaire. Mm -hmm. You know, the way his company has exploded through the pandemic and what it is now. So, you know, to sit across the table from somebody like him mm -hmm. as another Black man is like, that's inspirational for me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, just by, you know, him being a mentor and, you know, I can also call him a friend, you know, and somebody I can call and say, hey, uh, I got this idea I need to run by. Like, what's the thing about this? And he'll give me his feedback. Yeah. That's how we do it here. We take yeah. care of each other. Yeah. You and know? that's the way it should be, especially yeah. in business. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brent, for coming on here and allowing us to get a peek inside your life and see what you're doing and figure out how to support you. I appreciate you for saying yes and just being available to all the youth in the community and the adults in the community, right? For yes. all the things that you do, we appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, I appreciate, you know, you invite or accepting me to come on, on here and sharing my story and a little bit of my vision and, you know, hopefully um, whoever's listening, if you want to offer any help, I'm always available to listen to feedback and, you know, whatever's necessary. Absolutely. This has been the Purposely Driven Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this interview and I look forward to you joining me in the future. If you enjoyed the show, click the subscribe button and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is listener supported. New shows are posted twice a month for your listening pleasure. See you soon.